Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We got another episode of Open Stride Podcast. But before we start, I want you to like, follow, share, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, like right now. If you listen on any podcast services, subscribe right now. If you're on YouTube as well, subscribe. And if you listen, if you see anything on social media, share it on social media and share it with your friends. Come on, man. It takes one second. Show some love. But let's jump right into the episode, man. We got a new, brand new episode going on. And I got my boy Faze with me, man. I know a lot of my listeners love love my man Faze, man. <laughs> they just, they've been, they been asking me when he was coming back because they were just like, duh, he had a lot of stuff to say. And it seemed like he went into hiding after that. And uh, so I went and dug him out, dug him out his cubby hole and brought him back onto the episode. And now we're back live on another episode of Open Trial Podcast. And y'all know what we're talking about. We're talking about the NBA Finals. And before we get to the NBA Finals, Faze has something to say about the NBA playoffs because he hasn't been on here in a while. So I'm going to hand the mic over to him. I think this means that I owe Trey Young a slight, very slight apology I was actually impressed. As thing, as time went on, I said there, I said Ben Simmons is gonna melt ice tray. I'm shifting some of my hate to Ben Simmons unless he becomes a Cleveland Cavalier. And besides that, my hate goes to Ben Simmons. But no, Trey Young definitely made me more of a believer in the playoffs than I was for his first three seasons. Um, he played really, really, really good basketball for majority of it. There's some games. He wavered, but I mean, young player, it's gonna happen. But I definitely, definitely, definitely am gonna give Trey Young his credit. He played a very, very, very good playoff, and he took the team to the conference finals. So I'll give him his credit. There you go, there you go, Ice Trey, Ice Trey. If you're listening, I just want you to know I've been your fan all year long, <laughs> and I would believe in you all throughout the playoffs. So I need you to come on the podcast one time so we can just chop it up and I, and we can let people know what it is. So. Now that that's behind us, let's jump into the NBA Finals. That's a lot to talk about. So um, this past yesterday, um, I mean, by the time I hear this, it could be two days ago, but whatever. The Game four just happened, and uh, the series is now tied 2-2. For the people that may not be watching basketball that much and that's relying on me to update them on sports, I'm going to let you know who's in the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Faz lives in Phoenix, and he hates the Suns. I just want that to be known. Um, but They're right fans. now, it's the fans more than the team. Okay, the fans. The fans are nauseating. The fans are not, they like they like Dallas Cowboy fans. A they lot like- of them. A lot of them. You live out here, it's ridiculous. There's a few though. I give credit to my some of my friends who I know have been very, very, very faithful Suns fans for a very long time, and I don't ever have any hate towards them. But these new ones, my goodness, unless you live in Phoenix, they'll never understand the craziness that comes out their mouth. I can, I can, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. So, uh, series tied two two. Uh, Bucks went down 0-2. Phoenix won both two games in Phoenix. Bucks went home and won and took care of home court, and they won both games. They won um, first game by a blowout. They 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 was up by like thirty at one point, and they ended up winning by like twenty or some something around that. And the second game, it came. That game was like a a rock fight, literally. Like a that game came down to the last minute of the game, and okay, um, second half of basketball. It was such a fun game to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was a defensive game. So if you like those defensive rugged games, then that was a game for you. If you like games that are more up-tempo, scoring games, that really was – that was like a, a like a down, downtown throwdown, like for real. That was a tough game. But uh, Bucks came out on top, and so now we're going into game five, 
in game five is going back to Phoenix. So with the games going back to Phoenix phase tied two, two, what is your feelings on the, on the finals now? Do you, has your prediction changed or are you still sticking with what you, what you, cause I don't really know what your prediction was. I don't think we talked about that. I said initially that whoever came, one of the Brooklyn and Milwaukee series was going to win the championship. So I am 50. I actually had this conversation earlier today with a friend of mine, and he asked me what my prediction was. And if he's listening, he knows who he is. I won't say his name, but he knows who he is. Um, I said I am 50-50. And the reason for that is because part of me wants Chris Paul to win a championship. I think that would be nice, good cement for his career. He had a great career. He could cap off of the championship. That'd be nice. He tried a lot, a lot failed a lot. Um, some just bad luck, some just lost. Um, so I, I think that that'd be nice. What makes me not want the Phoenix Suns to win are those fans I was just mentioning not too long ago. They drive me crazy. Living out here, seeing some of the stuff, like I've never seen so many Phoenix Suns fans in Arizona in my 20 years of living here. It's crazy. I don't know where they came from. They were just Warriors fans probably two years ago. Now they're Suns fans. I don't know. Um, so they, they make me not want them to win. My other half is I do want the Bucks to win because I like Giannis, I like Drew a lot, and I like Chris Milton a lot, and I, I would like to see them also win a championship. I think Giannis did the right thing by resigning long-term in Milwaukee, and this is what his investment was for, to compete for a championship, and he's there. So I, I also want them to win. The series is so, so, so close. Like, it's just neck and neck, and I'm enjoying it. If I had to make a prediction, it's a tough one to say. Because part of me does want the Suns to win, the other part of me wants the Bucks to win. But since I since I initially said that I feel like the winner of the championship will come out of the Milwaukee and the Brooklyn series, I'm gonna stick with my prediction with Milwaukee. Milwaukee in seven or six? It's only I know, right? Um, seven games would be nice. Let's just go seven. Yeah, before the series, I said. Uh, I said Bucks in seven, so I'm sticking with that as well. I'm gonna currently stick with Bucks in seven. Um, but overall, it's been uh, a tough series because, like, came up because it kind of caught off. Like I said, I haven't did an episode since the playoffs um, finals started, NBA finals started. So it kind of it kind of came. Um, it kind of started off like. We wasn't well. I wasn't. A majority of people wasn't expecting Giannis to play, so he came out, played game one, and they lost. Bucks didn't play good at all. Giannis, but Giannis did show that he was healthy. People thought he was coming back, but he was kind of gonna be compromised, kind of like James Harden when James Harden came back for the Knicks. Like he came back, but it wasn't really James Harden. He was just out there. So. No effective, but not as effective. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't MVP. James Harden. He was just like he was more so a decoy slash uh, just another guy. But so he came. They came out game one and they lost game one though. They lost it in Phoenix, right? And they lost that game by by decent amount of points. They lost with thirteen points. And the whole the the big three for Phoenix all put on the show. Like Chris Paul, that was his best game in the series. He dropped thirty two. Uh, Devin Booker gave y'all twenty seven. And DeAndre Ayton did 22 and uh, 19 on eight for 10 shooting. And everybody was talking about he's putting up numbers like Kareem. And I was just like, 
please stop saying that. That dude's not. He's not like that. He's not that good. But whatever. I'm just seeing it clean your hair worse. They be thinking. They think Aiden is like that for real, like that. Oh man, they delusional. When he, I'm, I'm gonna go on a little quick side note. When he first got drafted, literally all we would hear was, "We have Kobe and Shaq 2.0. Kobe and Shaq 2.0." So his comparison. On, on day one of being drafted, they all these fans out here comparing to Shaq. I'm not saying all, but I definitely heard that comparison. I wonder. I wonder what the way they feel about Aiden. I wonder will after having after seeing it back now, would they rather have Luca or keep Aiden? Oh my gosh, that backcourt would have been nasty with Luca and Booker. Think about that. Oh my. Goodness. That's what I'm saying. But the way you say how the fans are so delusional, would they would they actually think no? I'd rather have Shaq 2.0. There right now, right now, how it is out here in fast five an argument. It's Aiden right now. <laughs> that's how it is out here. That's Aiden. Insane, insane. Aiden. So so go back to this. They went into game two. And like I said, Eric, what's his name? Um, Giannis proved that he was healthy. He he was still a little off. He didn't have the best of game, but he proved that he was healthy. Came back game two, he dropped forty. They still lost, but he dropped forty in uh, in in Phoenix for game two. And the series, the game was tight throughout. It's just that every time the Bucks made a run, the Phoenix did one thing to put them out. Like the Bucks, they may be down by ten or eleven. The Bucks are cut it to a quick six seven. Then Phoenix shoot it right back up to eleven. Like they wouldn't every time they got close, they put them push them off. So it never it never really got close enough for them to take the win. But Giannis proved that he was good. But Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton played like straight garbage. So it was just like, all right, cool. If they meet him half, if one of them meet him halfway and he play like that, they're gonna win. And sure enough, they got into game three. Giannis did another forty piece, and one of them met him halfway, and they blew him out. Easy. They blew him up by 20 points. At some point, it was up by 30, but they blew him out. Um, Giannis gave us his 40 again. He gave us 40 and 13. Um, Drew Holiday gave us 21 and, and 9 assists. And Chris gave us an okay game. He gave us 18. But they met him at least halfway. They didn't play garbage like they did game two. So going into game four, I was everybody was like, Giannis about to go for 50. Like, yada, yada, yada. Like, only they, they, they dropped the stats like all week. Only... This amount of players ever dropped 40 in uh, NBA Finals. And Giannis is on the short list of players. I think it was like LeBron dropped 46 times and, Le- and Giannis dropped 40 twice. And those only players in NBA history have multiple 40 points. Oh, and Shaq had multiple 40-point games in the Finals. So they were just talking about it all. You know how the talk shows go. They talk about it all and make it more to what it is. And they were like, can't nobody stop Giannis. Came into game four. Giannis, and I'm not going to say he got neutralized, but he still had a good game, but he didn't go for 40. He still had a good game, though. He had an amazing game because what he did was get his other teammates involved, and that's what he needed to do. He got he had eight assists, which they, which they needed, and he still crashed the boards, and he still put up 20-plus 20, 20 points, and he had a block of the game. You being a LeBron fan, how you feel about people comparing their block to LeBron's block? Like, that's fine. That was a, that was, that's a career-defining block. When we look back, well, years and years down the road, as of right now in his career, that is a career-defining play. That was a bunch of great basketball play. But I would actually want to touch up on one thing you were saying. Giannis had eight assists last night. That That's a lot of assists. Uh, that was definitely the most on the team. But just to throw a fact out there, he had eight assists with the team shooting 40% from the field for the game. So they weren't making a whole lot of – they took a lot of shots, took about 19 more field goal attempts from the team because they have turnovers. But with them shooting as poorly as they did, him still able to get ASS, his focus was definitely 
get the team involved. They set up a different wall on him. He was a little bit less aggressive in the, in the previous games, and he made a comment about that himself. Just still to get eight assists is major, major, major for them. That was his impact on the floor was just you can't not take his impact away. It was phenomenal. Like he, his impact was great. Exactly. Even wasn't big. His impact was phenomenal. Impact on the game was phenomenal. Like you'll see, like like during a regular season, a, a player may be on a bad team and they may drive thirty, and then be like, it's not getting them nowhere. It's like a it's like a thirty that's like a quiet thirty. It's like I oh, you drive thirty, but I still lost by twenty. And it's like yo yo yo. I experience all the time. Yeah, it's like it's like your <laughs> your what you're doing is not making no impact on the overall team. It's just you you doing you, and that's it. And um. But Giannis' impact on the game, even though he wasn't scoring like he like forty, like I don't expect him to score forty every night. First of all, but even though he had twenty six, he had fourteen boards and eight assists, mm-hmm. and he also had the blocks and the steals to go with it. We won the block, won the best blocks all time, like you said. Some people say it's the second block, second best block in NBA history behind LeBron's block. So it's like it's crazy that he, like you said, it was an amazing basketball play. Because for the people that don't see, let me, let me try to my best to paint a picture that didn't see it. He was – he came – Booker came off a screen set by DeAndre Aiden. Aiden rolled to the goal. Booker was coming up, and Giannis was facing Booker to try to stop him from getting to the goal. And Booker quick – Booker is quick to pull up mid-range and knock it down. And and I want everybody to know, Booker has been on fire this whole night. Like, he could not miss. He was on fire the whole night. From the mid-range game, he was deadly. So he's My facing goodness, Booker, man. trying to trying to stop Booker from driving to the goal. Booker catches Aiden rolling to the goal, throws the ball up. Giannis turns around from guarding facing Booker, jumps up in the air, and blocks the alley hoop that Booker just threw to Aiden right at the rim. It was an amazing play. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for Aiden. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. Sensational block shot. This is one of the great recovery plays you'll ever see. The lob Booker to Aiton. We've seen it many times, and that reaction and block is special. Multiple effort on the play. Stops the penetration of Booker. Doesn't give up. Turns, elevates, blocks the layup attempt. That's big time by Giannis. Just like the athleticism to even do that. The reaction time, the athleticism, like he blocked. I mean, Giannis is, is basically seven feet himself. But, like, to make that defensive instinct to turn around, chat, like, block an alley attempt from a seven-footer who's known to put those in the rim, like, that was that was something. Crazy. I bet mean, Booker was thinking, like, I threw it a little bit. If he would have thrown it a little bit lower, he probably would have got to him faster. And <laughs> he probably would have got it quick. Or he could have thrown for the shot. He was on fire. So he took the shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Booker, man, like, he – he made some some decisions in that game that I'm not saying he doesn't have a good basketball IQ, but it was just like, what were you doing? Like Booker fouled out like three times, if we're being honest. That <laughs> <laughs> one on Drew Holiday, oh my gosh, ref saved him. Man, he pretty much tackled Drew Holiday <laughs> in the air, and the ref swatted his wrestle. He didn't say nothing. Yeah. They, like, they knew what it was. They knew that Devin needed to the game. I get it. Hey, it is what it is. I'm yeah. not taking anything away. That was a great player, but that was crazy. And then 
the argument can go back. Well, his fifth round should never been a foul in the first place on TJ Tucker off the when they were going baseline. That I mean, that's an argument, but they got called, and book, the call on Booker did not get called. I just think that that was that was crazy. Crazy, crazy. You know, you know what that remind me of? That remind me of what year was this? It was Katie's. It was the year Katie was with Golden State, and he was going to save the ball, playing against the Houston Rockets, and oddly enough, out of bounds. Yes, and oddly enough, Chris Paul was on that team too, but he wasn't playing that game. He um he was injured, so he couldn't play. So it was James. It was just James and the Rockets by the by itself against the Golden State fully loaded. Katie was saving the ball and literally ran out of bounds, and the ref didn't say anything. He threw the and ball. The credit for the ref was baseline, looking at the whole thing. Watching the whole thing, it didn't say anything. Literally, didn't say anything. He threw the ball to Curry. Curry, Curry gave the guy a head fake, got to the mid-range, knocked it down, put him up. And luckily, James Harden came down and hit one of the clutchest shots of his career and got fouled for them to win that game. But, like, if James Harden had hit that shot, that would have been the most. That would be the biggest blown call of the season. Like he literally ran out of bounds. Hey, he's seven feet tall. Like he can't miss a seven feet tall man running out of bounds. Like Five eighteen too. So that's 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 what that that's what that missed call remind me of. Like it it was so blatant. Like you like dog. How did you miss that? Like it's literally right there. Like what were you looking at? So it's crazy. That's one of the things that they just don't want to call. It's like forget it. Let the, let it play out with them in the game. Yeah, let the players play. Let the players play. So yeah, man. Just to get back to the um, finals, we both got the Bucks winning. I mean, we both picked the Bucks before the series started. So this is not like we getting prisoners at the moment, and we just like ah dang. Let me switch up. Let me switch my pick of the Bucks winning last time. It's like no, when they fell now o two, I was still saying I got the Bucks in seven. So now that they um tied it up, I'm still rock- keeping with the Bucks, and now they're going to Game Five back to Phoenix. One thing I want to just talk about, like, what you, what do you think was up with Chris Paul? Like, like what what do you think? Out of it. What do you think has been up with Chris Paul? Like, I'm not even not even talking about Game One. Like, Chris Paul, he has he has as many turnovers in these last three games as he's had in the whole playoffs. Like. Tough to say because I don't I don't doubt Chris Paul's ability to play basketball at the highest levels and his point guard skills and everything, but his turnovers are just lazy turnovers, like lazy pass like this play. He he got he was he was driving um and got cut in the corner, tried throwing it backwards and it was a basically interception from Chris Milton. And happy answer, I'm like that's just not a Chris Paul play where he'll drive all the way to the corner again, so stuck and then throw it out. You know, it just didn't seem like him. I don't I don't think it's I mean, I hope it's not the pressure of the finals getting to him or maybe fatigue of getting to him. I don't know. I really don't know. But in order for some point, it needs to be better. That's the last They had 17 turnovers in the team yesterday, and Chris Paul is responsible for five of them. A lot of turnovers from Chris Paul, counter player, especially the biggest one of the night uh, when he lost the ball and uh, Chris Milton got a uh, got a, a bucket to put the game up by four points. He needs to be better. He knows he has to be better. Um, We'll see tomorrow. I think the game plan is phenomenal that they're playing. It's been really, really, really good defensive game. Milwaukee had a lot of open looks yesterday. They just missed. So did Phoenix. There's open looks like they just couldn't make. Uh, Milwaukee had a horrible shooting night yesterday, and they still managed to get the win. Is that it was their defense forcing 17 turnovers? You know, I think they had four or five. Milwaukee only had four or five as a team. 
So Chris Paul basically had equal to or more than the whole team. And they were just, they were there. They took 19 more shots than the Phoenix Suns. And like I said, they they missed a lot of shots. Shooting 40 seconds was not good as a team. Horrible. So. Yeah, and then like to add on to the point what you're talking about by beating on the boys, uh Milwaukee had 17 offensive boys compared to Phoenix five. So that goes into your point about them having more shots than them. Like like you just said, they Milwaukee shot 97 shots, Phoenix shot 78. With them having 17 offensive boys, I'm pretty sure that goes that goes into that because Majority of those offensive boards are turning into extra field goals. Some of them may turn into turnovers, but majority of those turn into field goals, and that's giving them extra possessions. And they shooting they shooting poor from the field already, so that's not helping them. Like you said, they Phoenix shot fifty percent from the field, so they had a good shooting night overall. Shooting 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 from the field, and and um, Milwaukee shot forty percent, so they had really a bad shooting night. It's just they out hustled them overall. They out hustled them on the boards to get extra possessions, and they forced Phoenix to and they forced Phoenix to turn the ball over because Phoenix had seventeen turnovers, which was horrible. And then Milwaukee took care of the ball; they only had five. So it's just like overall, they just they did they played a sloppy, lazy game. And I and I hate to say that about a team that's in the NBA Finals. Cause I know that they didn't do that intentionally, and we can't really just put it all on Phoenix because Milwaukee is making them do some, most of this stuff. It's like they're not out there doing it intentionally. Milwaukee is putting pressure on them to make them make these poor decisions, turn the ball over, being out-hustled on the board. And Milwaukee is the bigger team at the end of the day. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for um, Phoenix size, but they do have a smaller squad. I mean, they start they start um, Bridges and Crowder at the 2-4 positions. Those two guys are not that big, if we're being honest. They're not huge guys. 11, 6-6 somewhere Yeah. This, that's a, that's a four, yeah. Exactly. So those, those two guys may be the same height. As Chris Millicent, if if not just a little bit taller, and Chris Millicent's probably what the second tallest guy in his starting lineup. The same. Well, actually, that's a great point because where a lot of those offensive rebounds are coming from is when Aiden comes out the game and Giannis switches to the five because the, there's no Dario Saric anymore since Torrey's ACL. The Suns are running with a, a four-five lineup of Torrey Craig at the five and Jake Crowder at the four. That's six-seven and six-eight playing the four and the five. So what are they doing? They're, they're taking advantage of that. They're, they're playing the five. Giannis is playing the five. He's grabbing, he's grabbing offensive rebounds. Uh, Pat Connaughton is grabbing rebounds. He, he sacrifices his body. He goes in there and grabs rebounds. They grab rebounds as a team. Like they're, they're a really good rebounding team. Now, for Phoenix, they have Aiden. That's, that's their best rebounder. Milwaukee, they have rebounders. They even got, um, what's his name? Pat Connaughton rebounding. That's there. what I'm saying. Yeah. Pat, he jumped down there. <laughs> Sacrifices his body, man. Pat Connaughton had the second most rebounds for the uh, but yeah, nine man. He was even out to rebound. He was really before the only- Devin Gento got hurt. He used to do the same thing. He he go and throw his body around and grab some rebounds. From him. He's a good rebounding guard as well too. Yeah, it's like the the lineups got cut down. Like I mean, it happens when, once you get deep in the playoffs. Anyway, you you're not trying to go deep into playoffs playing 10, 10, 10 people a game. So you it, it it gets cut down and the lineups get cut down like significantly to like to really like seven eight players if that like it gets cut down and especially when you get, if you get to like a game seven you may only play six guys like that year LeBron and Kyrie made it to game seven against the um the Golden State Warriors two thousand sixteen I think only like six seven dudes played like LeBron played almost the whole game we had Brown play a lot Kevin play a lot Tristan play a lot Kyrie play a lot Jr play a lot. Richard Jefferson and Shumpert. 
That's what I'm saying. Like it gets like once you get, yeah. once you get deep down into the playoffs, you're not trying to put ten guys out there. You you only putting a certain amount of guys out there because it's like, oh yeah, it's 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 like it's clutch time. It's it's closing time. If I'm gonna lose, I was I heard this one time on a play by play announcer, and I stuck to it for the rest of my life. If I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose my best players on the floor. So I'm gonna they go they go play the whole game. If I need, if I'm gonna lose, exactly. I'm gonna lose my best players on the floor. But yeah, man. you know who I get respect for it? Like during the series, Bobby Porter. That man oh, plays hard. Man. I love his energy. Oh, I love man. his passion for basketball. I just like it. I would, I would love to have that type of player. I'm Every like, time he comes into the game, I'd be like, dog, this may be an advantage. Even though they got a, <laughs> you would think when the bench come in, it's a disadvantage. But I'd be thinking like, dog, when he come in the game, it might be an advantage. Yeah, man, he plays so good. He's like a perfect fit for Milwaukee. I remember a few years ago he beat Miritich up and broke his face. Oh yeah, broke that man jaw. Yeah, they're like all oh, dang bad teammate, bad teammate, all the stuff. Got both around a few times. That was in Milwaukee, and man, like they love him out there. He plays so hard all game long. He, he's fun to watch. Those two so guys, good. those two guys, may be the, the biggest glue guys to both teams. Jay Crowder for Phoenix, and yeah. and and Bobby for well, Bobby the energy guy. PJ probably the glue guy. But Bobby, the yeah, guy. but yeah, man, that's that that is like super vital. Yeah, yeah, you need you need those energy guys. You need the glue guys. The guys is not going to score a lot of points, but they're gonna do a lot of other good things. A lot of like steals, defense, um, yep. rebounds, yep. stuff like that that don't show up in the box score. But you just need those type of guys on your team. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, man, we go we go close it up on on the finals talk, and it, and we go get into a lot more news because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So so yeah. I, I, this this next topic, I know it's a bit touchy for my my man Faze, man. And Faze is my friend. I can honestly say that he's my friend. I've been knowing him for over a decade, truly over a decade. And and he's I can consider him one of my friends, man. The day I get married, I'm gonna send him an invitation. And I don't want I don't like to I don't like to pick on him with certain topics. Kind of know it's near dear to his heart. But with this next topic. I just want to understand what is going on with your Cleveland Cavaliers. So they got the what the number three pick in the draft, right? Third overall pick. Third pick overall. They jumped. They wasn't even projected to get number three. They jumped up there and got number yeah, three. Thankfully, we we need some draft luck. But yeah. So currently on their team, their best player, and I say this, is Colin Sexton. Yeah, and if you follow any anybody, any news outlet, sports reporters, anybody, you will see Colin Sexton's name has been circulating in trade rumors. So, and the number one team that's trying to get him is the Miami Heat. Me personally, I feel like Colin Sexton will be perfect in Miami. Me personally. Because Pat Riley is a no-nonsense type of owner, GM. You got um, he has the owner, but he the GM, and you got a uh, Mickey who is the owner. No nonsense as well, even though he looked like a big teddy bear. No nonsense either, and you got Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler there, who you know what he about. Everybody know what he about. So you got all that going on, and you got Colin Sexton coming in, and they say they they speak so glowingly of this young man about how they have to rip him out the gym, how he works hard, how he outworks everybody. He's undecided in his position, and he's still putting up twenty five a game, efficient twenty five. So it's like he, he's a he's a, a very nice player. It took me it took a minute to win me over. I will say that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Faze was telling me from the beginning that Colin was like that, and I was just like ah. But when he had that that breakout performance this past season against the Brooklyn Nets, I was just like. The cows had come home. 
I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. So, so how you feel about his name being the trade rumors? I, I, I know your, I know your rule. If you don't hear from Wolves, if you don't hear of a sham, you don't believe it. But it's missing. It's been, it's been coming up a lot. So, I just want you to say what you, how you feel about that. Uh, it stresses me out. My hair is long. I'm stressed. Uh, I can't get rid of my, that's my boy. That's my, uh, I'll, get, I'll get serious. That is, if, to me personally, that's my third favorite player in the league right now. My, my first favorite player is LeBron James. Second favorite player is Kyrie Irving. Third favorite player is Colin Sexton in the league currently. I love everything that Colin embodies. But he's not a perfect player. He definitely needs work. He's, he's improved every year. Oh, like efficiently, like he he makes good progress every single year. He's undersized for how we play basketball, which is probably why his name came about in trade rumors, and he wants to get paid, which rightfully so, and he's a very good basketball player. I think that nothing happens though. I think rumors are rumors, and they're going to remain rumors, and his name's going to get circulated. But I don't think anything happens. But if something were to happen. It won't be until after the draft because I think no matter what offers present themselves, uh, who we draft is a major, major, major thing. And I'm all in for Evan Mobley. I want Evan Mobley. I want a starting lineup with Darius, Colin, Okoro, Mobley, not right away. I don't think we'll start right away, but Mobley and Jerry Allen. I think build, build upon that, and we can have a good team. If we're going to be undersized at, at, in our backcourt, let's be oversized in our front court. So that'd be that's, is, that's is that is that lineup a, a playoff team? Yeah, it can be. It has potential to be. It, it depends how it works. It depends what Moby's been working on since the season at USC ended. He already had a, a decent jump shot, but how well it transitions to the NBA, we'll see. He needs to be able to space the floor more in the next at the next level. He needs to put some mass on and get stronger. So if we were to get Mobley, that would be a big factor. Health is going to be a major factor. We, we had so many, so many, so many injuries all season long. We were playing our two-way players heavy in the rotation. We were playing end-of-the-bench players super heavy in the rotation. Sometimes it would start because we had no bodies available. So... Health is a major factor, and that's for everybody. Colin was hurt this season, missed probably around 12 to 15 games, probably around the closest at 12. Darius missed a handful of games, probably around the same amount as Colin. Larry Nance missed the majority of the season. Kevin Love missed the majority of the season. Jared Allen got concussion, missed eight games. Isaac Coral missed five start the season. The whole bench got hurt. At some point in time, everybody was hurt. So we were playing well prior to the injury. So we were competing. We had a, a plus 500 record. Started neutralizing, and we were playing competitive basketball. And then it started neutralizing when injuries started happening, and things started changing, and schemes started coming together, and it just it didn't sustain at all. It was good to start, horrible to end. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I think y'all should trade them. I I, I I I listen 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 listen. I, I understand everything you just said, and I appreciate it. I know I know we talk about you being the GM of the, of the Cleveland Cavaliers one day, and me being the GM of the Houston Rockets one day, and we're gonna be reeling and dealing about how we go make trades and stuff one day when uh, we both sitting at the, sitting in those front office seats. But man, I I feel like okay, this is what I feel like. In your opinion, should they pay him the max? I don't think the max, but I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. We have a dilemma. 
And the dilemma is that we have so many young players in the team at one time, it's hard to pay all of them the amount of money to keep them sustainable. And right now, being Collins uh, eligible to be an extension doesn't mean he, he, he'll get one. He's eligible to get one this year. And knowing Jared Allen's restricted free agent, who's probably in command anywhere between 80 to 100 million in restricted free agency, those things we got to factor in. And then with Darius Garland's emergence, so he's emerging, he's doing quite well. He's on Team USA's roster as of right now, why Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Melton compete in the finals. He's a member of their practice squad. He got called up even farther than he actually initially was planning on. So Darius Garland's bright, and they're going to pay him. Then we got to see what Isaac Coral's uh, development looks like. He showed a lot, a lot, a lot of good flash for the end of the season. In our last month, he averaged 17 points a game um, and had a phenomenal game against the Phoenix Suns. If you guys want to see what I'm talking about, look at the highlights of our second game against the Phoenix Suns. He put plus 30 up on them. Very, very, very efficient basketball game. Um, so it depends. It depends. It, it's, they're in a tough spot for sure because we still have Kevin Love's big contract. And we got to factor in that he has two years, $60 million left. This is a lot of money for someone that does not play very many games this season because he's always hurt. So we got to think about, okay, if we manage to trade call, uh, Kevin, what team is going to take that money on and what do we get in return to supplement this, what we just lost in terms of financial obligations and stuff like that? So what do we get back? So those questions exist and it's tough to say. So, what I would about, say Collins, okay, what about what about Tyler? I thought you I thought you would believe in Tyler. I am, but not on my team. What you mean not on your team? So listen, let, let, let me I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you how I think it would fit perfectly. Y'all trade Colin for Tyler Sexton. I mean not Tyler Sexton, Tyler Hero, and maybe some other pieces, but it's it, the package is around Tyler, right? He comes there. He's not going to like being there, I say that. Um, coming from Miami, going to Cleveland, he's not really going to like that. He has his eyes. Milwaukee, same thing. Huh? He's from Milwaukee, same thing. Like, wasn't in Cleveland. He got out of Milwaukee with the Miami, and I'm pretty sure he's not rushed to go back to somewhere like Milwaukee. He wants to stay in that life. But that's beyond a point because he's a young player. He wants to get paid. So I'm pretty sure if y'all offer him the most money, he's going to stay back in Cleveland. So if y'all, he got to bring him there, boom. Y'all can officially move Darius to the point guard, have him play a true point guard role, have Tyler at that two, have have um Isaac at the four, I mean, yeah, at the three, and just go and roll it out like that. You you drop it, draft Evan and roll it out like that. I feel like that fits better than Darius and Sexton, in my opinion. In terms of height, it has potential. A lot. Tyler has a lot of potential. I really like Tyler's basketball game. But the Hollywood is a big concern for me. And I think Tyler's a, a great basketball, a very good basketball player. And he has a lot of potential, a lot of upside. But his Hollywood lifestyle, it's, it's, it's kind of scary when you're trying to build a team got to compete for a championship and his off-the-court stuff. Not He doesn't have bad antics, but his celebrity status is concerning. While Colin, on the other hand, doesn't care about celebrity staff, he's already very efficient for He's undersized. That is the biggest downfall. And since he's undersized, it's hard for him to play consistent defense, but he'll play hard. And he, all he cares about is getting better at basketball. Well, I feel like Tyler, on the hand, is caring about fashion and celebrity status and stuff like that. So in a, in a city that's not known as a destination for free agents, you want people that embrace the hard work of basketball and the grind of basketball. 
and Colin embodies all that. So I want Colin to stay on the team. Even with the trail for us to be mind blowing for me to even consider, but I'm content on seeing what the young core can do. It's only been three years. They've, they've only played, think about it. Darius and Colin played two seasons together and one got cut short through the pandemic. We didn't make the bubble and there was injuries throughout the season. They come back, play, Darius has a major, major, major turnaround from the four boys this season. And it looks great. And, and when they're on the court together, we're, we're playing fish and basketball. We're playing good competitive basketball. So it's more of like, I want to, if I was in the position to make trades for the team, I wouldn't make a trade of my core four, possibly core five, depending on who we draft. Yet, I would want to see what they can do with the full one more season together with more development, more organic growth and better pieces around with less injuries. If we didn't have an injury season, there's a question that says like, what what could have we been? Could we have been competing for a playing spot? Could we be in the playoff spot? Could we have been, like, where would we be? Hard to say. But I think that I want to see them at least try one more season together and see what we can actually be. Maybe see some flashes. I don't, Go ahead. I'm, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, players that young and that talented so early in their careers. It's just, I don't, I'm not, I've never been a fan of it. Like, I just don't think that works. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I know, I know you enjoy this, this, this subject or this topic, talking about your, your, your beloved Cavaliers. They don't get a lot of media presence in the national need, media. So I know you enjoy talking anymore. about it. Yeah, not anymore, at least. When they had LeBron, they was number one. When that was just LeBron left, it, yeah, it's not the best no more. So we're going to move okay. on to the next. Yo, yeah, I'm glad I, you're saying for sticking with him, even though LeBron is never coming back. But um, we're gonna we go move to the next topic. We're gonna move to the next topic, which is gonna be Ben Simmons, man. I I just want to act. I just want to talk about it because, like, I know at the top of the um the podcast episode, you was talking about how you're taking your tr- your Trey Young hate and moving it over to Ben Simmons now. Absolutely. So absolutely. So why is it that? It's why I was saying better than I didn't know. I trade. I said that. I retract my statement because I trade destroyed that boy. Made look, he was scared. How you say like how? But I. It's tough to say because Ben has so much potential to be such a good basketball player. He's a great. He's a great defensive player. He he can really pass the ball well. He makes good decisions passing wise. But he's scared of contact and he's scared to trash in his free throw to shoot the ball. That's why I respect Giannis so much because he's not a good free throw shooter. But not being a good free throw shooter, he's never afraid to keep going in and going in and going in and shoot free throws. He can miss 10 in a row. He, he'll, he, he'll be just as confident shooting number 10, um, number 11 and 12 as he was shooting the first one. And that's what Benson would need to do. He's passing a lot of the layups, taking two to four shots a game. Like, that's just so bad. You're the second best player on the team. Like that's why they, they can't win that way. And my my current my current hate when they go towards Benton is that was that was so bad. That was a horrible performance. I don't I don't think they trade him. I don't believe they're gonna trade him. I think they're weighing options even though they're gonna trade a lot because I don't think they're gonna get that all star caliber player that they expect in return. But I do think that he he really needs to start shooting some jump shots. And get it out of his mind about shooting. Like you can't be scared of shooting in the NBA. You're you're in the best league in the world for a reason. You gotta be a guy. Even if you're not good at it, just keep trying. Yeah. Um that's I'm glad you brought up the Ben Simmons and Giannis Antonio part, because when before this season started, 
at the tours like last season, um, the season when they lost to Toronto and and they lost to them. And what's his name? Kawhi hit that game winning shot, that crazy game winning shot, and they went on to win the championship that year. So that was two seasons ago. I was arguing that the Philadelphia 76ers should trade Joel Embiid and move on with Ben Simmons. That was my that was my that was my argument point at a, at that point of the career. My my thing was you can trade Joel for some pieces because he can't stay healthy. He's not committed to staying healthy with his body, and his offseason training, and his and his eating habits, whatever, whatever his diet. So my thing was trade Joel because you can get the most for him. Because he is the better player, but stack shooters and people that can create off the dribble like a Bradley Bill around Ben Simmons and build a team around him like they built around Giannis Antetokounmpo. Because I thought Ben Simmons could be a poor man's Giannis. That was my that was my thinking at that time. Fast forward two years later, looking back in hindsight, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Say I was wrong, and I'm okay, I'm okay with saying I was wrong because Joel and B end up Joel and B end up proving to be a way much better player than Ben Simmons. I knew he was already better than Ben Simmons, but I didn't think the I didn't think the gap was too big. You know what I'm saying? Like Joel and B is arguably some people eyes top five for sure, top ten. Ben Simmons may be top twenty. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. But maybe uh, as an I, I think I can name twenty players better. But yeah, I'm just saying that's my point, though. It's the point that you can. You it's hard for you to even say he top twenty. That's my point, though. Yeah, it's like I can't say that. Confidently, it's like I can't say that. Exactly. It's like that's how big the gap is between those two. I thought it was a little bit closer. I used to think Joel was more top ten to fifteen, and I used to think Ben Simmons was was fifteen to twenty. But now it's like. 10 positions, 20, 15 positions different. So, Joel is the player that you want to build around, that you want to keep, that you want to start your franchise with. I agree. Ben Simmons, he's he's not proven that he's wanted to approve or even try to approve his shooting like Giannis. So, Giannis made that video, and I'm going to play it for y'all to hear. But Giannis made that video um as as you as you hear, is that he he reached his all time low? Like he like he said in the video when he was talking to PJ Tucker, he said he said I I he said I airball free throws, I I made free throws, I airball shots back to back, big games, little games. I played against Dick. He said, man, he said I got so low I can't go no lower. It's it's only up from here. You heard it? It's only up from here. He's That's like, I need Simmons to have. It's exactly. That's my point. It's like Ben needs to have that confidence. Like Ben, it's only up from here, bro. Like it's only up. Like forget what you hear from the outside noise. Forget all that. Forget what your teammates telling. Not saying your teammates tell you anything wrong. I'm just saying forget when anybody's telling you you're at your low right now. You're at the point where they really, real deal would trade you right now. 
so it's only up from here, bro. It's only up from here, and he got to get that confidence in himself to be able to have the confidence yeah. to go to the line and shoot. Because I seen Ben Simmons shoot before. Ben Simmons not a bad sh- shooter. He's not a bad shooter. Ben Simmons has shot the ball before throughout his career. He's not a bad shooter. And I don't know if it's because the stage of playing in front of 100,000 people with a million people watching. I don't know if it's because he's on the court with, with um, competition with other NBA players that's, that's talking stuff to him. Now, I don't know what it is. He might need to see a sports psychologist, psychologist <laughs> to get into his head to see what's going on to get that mental block so he can move forward. But to just go back to the original point, the best fit for Ben Simmons, in my opinion, would be somewhere he can go where he can be the main guy and they can build a team around him and they put shooters around him. Like a, a, a good swap for me, in my opinion, and it's going to be a small market squad. A good swap, for my opinion, would be um, – they should have did. I mean, they tried to. I can say they should have did. No, they didn't. They could have they got Harden. No, they, they, said they, they said they offered Ben. That's what they said. I don't know if it's – I thought I thought they I thought they did not want to offer Ben. That's I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We had we had to look it up, but I thought I thought they offered Ben and Houston decided to turn it down because they wanted draft picks. I thought it was a bad decision because I wanted Ben. Me personally, I wanted Ben. I wanted you Ben. Want ben. Him now? I want so me personally, I wanted I didn't want to lose Harden, but I'm I'm everybody know I'm pro player all the way. So when t- when a player wants something, I'm pro player. Maybe one day when I get in that GMC, I'm not gonna be pro player anymore. But mm-hmm. as of right now, <laughs> as a fan watching, I'm pro player. So when James Harden wanted out, I said, James Harden, do whatever the hell you want to do. I'm no hard feelings towards me. That was my feelings. So I'm pro player. So when James Harden wanted out, I was like, let's get the best deal for him. And when they said Ben Simmons was available, I said, hell yeah, get Ben Simmons. He's an all-star. We could build around him. That's another star coming back. But instead, they went a different route, which I, I don't really care the route they went. But it's whatever now. It's, it's over and done. I feel like we should have got Ben. But that's that's if they were to pair Ben, I mean, if they were to pair Joel with James Harden, they may be in the championship right now. Honestly. That's very possible. That's they may, very possible. They may be in the championship right now. So – so now my thing is you can't go from almost getting James Harden to trading Ben Simmons for somebody that's a secondary all-star. And when I say secondary all-star, I mean a player that's that may be an all-star once or twice and they maybe not be one. Like a like a Chris Millicent type. Nothing against Chris Millicent, but like a Chris Millicent type or like a um mm-hmm. a Mark mm-hmm. a, a Michael um Bradley, somebody like that, like like players like that, like somebody like that, but me personally, he's not an all-star, but I feel like he would be if he was in the East, and I'd make this trade, me personally. I'd trade Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it in a heartbeat. The, the thing, the trade, I, the two trades they need they need to do their best to make is either Bradley Bill or D, uh, Damian Litter. Those are the two trades they need to try to make the most. If those players come available, you need to hold out as long as you can to see if those two players come available. But me... If I could make it happen, I'd trade them. If Brad, Bill, and and Damian Lillard are off the table, like if they just off the table, I, I call Sacramento to see what they're talking about with De'Aaron Fox. They put a report out like two or three days ago, and they said Sacramento wants to trade for Ben Simmons for anybody but De'Aaron Fox. They willing to trade like Buddy Hill, um, what's that boy's name? Um, um, Bagley. They wouldn't trade Bagley, Marvin Bagley, players like that for uh, – for being, I was just like, hell no. Nah. If you're not offering De'Aaron Fox, don't even call me. So I would trade Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox. But if 
if you can't, if, like I said, only if Dame and Brad are off the table completely. If Brand, Dame and Brad are off the table completely, I give Sacramento a call. I try to get De'Aaron Fox. I feel like that'd be a perfect fit, and I feel like in the Eastern Conference, De'Aaron Fox would be an All Star. Yeah, it can be good. I think they, they have a little more. Maybe you have, I don't know. That's a very good player. De'Aaron Fox is really, really good because he's emerged every year. He's got so much better. He's a really good player. Um, yeah, that that's tough. That's actually not. A, I can't see a bad fit there. I mean, it would suck for Ben Simmons because Sacramento was terrible, but. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, and Ben, ben Ben's yeah. Hollywood too. He'll be he'll be he won't be in L.A. but he'll be in California, so that's good enough. He can go see his girlfriend. I mean, his girlfriend. I think she live. I don't know where she live, but she fine. But yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna talk. We're, we're gonna jump into this last subject, man. It's gonna be about Kawhi Leonard, man. Kawhi Leonard, man. Um, news came out that he had he did actually have a partially t- torn. ACL, so prayers up to Kawhi. We sending you um, prayers mm-hmm. for a speedy recovery, and um, you can come back as strong as ever, like a superstar, top five, top three player that you are. And um, top player, yeah, you hit top three player for sure, in my opinion. When he's healthy, top three, top three for sure, for sure. Yeah, great player. Yeah, great player, great, great player, great player. So we we sending you uh, prayers to come back speedy recovery, Kawhi. But we got. It sucks as he that injury does suck, but we got to talk about what kind of impact do you think the injury is going to make on Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers and the whole Western Conference? Because like he's on a contract year, like he's a free agent this season, and he can either opt in and come back another season or opt out and sign somewhere else. And there was a report saying um, Skip Bayless, Mister Undisputed, said that. Uh, Kawhi was having issues with the training staff with the Clippers because they misdiagnosed his injury, and they they mm-hmm. kept putting out that it was a knee sprain and he may be he was day to day he may come back within the playoffs, and they was like Kawhi's camp didn't really like the fact that they put that out there and misdiagnosed his injury like that. And you know what happened last time somebody misdiagnosed mm-hmm. Kawhi with Spurs and he never played for them again. So I'm not saying that's gonna happen with the Clippers, but. Kawhi's not the guy you want to cross. I'm going to say that. He's not the guy you want to cross. They gave up a lot to get him there. They gave up all their first-round picks for the next six years to get him there. Not saying they gave it up directly for him, but they gave it up to get Paul George, and Kawhi said he was only coming if y'all got Paul George. So technically, they gave up all those picks to get Kawhi and Paul George. So if you want to be right. like, if you want to be like very technical, be like, well, they didn't give, they gave it up for Paul. Like, yes, that's true, but Kawhi said he wasn't coming unless they got Paul. So they initially gave right. up those picks to get both of those players. So they gave up a lot. They mortgaged their future to get those players there. And now is we're going to see how it goes uh, with Kawhi moving forward. But, like, what's your feelings on that whole situation with Kawhi, the injury, him returning to the Clippers, him testing free agency, like what the whole thing? So there's, there's a lot of directions you can go. Opt in and play the season. You can do that. You He can opt out. And he can sign a one, a one, a one on one, basically a one, a one year, uh, another, a new, fresh one year contract with the player option. If he goes that route, that allows him to sign for a supermax the following season, and that'll be the most money he can earn in a contract. Uh, or he just can opt out and restructure Benny for your deal to guarantee money. It's a, it's a tricky situation for him. And while I don't think he's going to leave, I think the Clippers were the Clippers. The Clippers they had a good team. I don't think he's going to leave. The question is more of like how long he's going to be there. 
I don't think he'll be leaving this season if he were to leave. I I can't envision that happening. I think that it's probably better for him to stay there at least one more year. And they made a very, very, very good run with him for majority of it. And then without him, they still made a solid, solid, solid run. So if I had a big prediction on it, I think Kawhi definitely seeks up as a clipper at some point next season. I don't think he'll be up to the end of the season due to his injury. Uh, at some point in time, he'll be sitting up as a clipper. So the duration of time, I don't know. I mean, if I was Kawhi and I'm trying to secure as much money as possible in this case, with still competing for a championship, I would do the one, opt out, kind of one and one, and second option, second year being a player option, opt out and uh, resign for the max because they'll pay it to him. They will definitely pay to keep him. If you, if you were the Clippers, let's switch the question around. From a Clippers point of view, would you, if he take it, would you just give him the 100% max right now? Absolutely. I think players of that caliber, Durant's a prime example for this. They're at that, they're that elite for a reason. They've put the time in, they put the work in, and no matter what presents themselves, like injury-wise, they're always going to work to get be still one of the best players. That That's that drive that they have, that passion they have. So I would not doubt Kawhi Leonard's work ethic to be a very, very, very effective basketball player right from the very first second he the floor again. So if I was the Clippers and the, op- the option presented me, presented me to give him the max contract, absolutely, I would do it still. All right, the only reason I asked that, because I know some people was like, of course you would. The only reason I asked that, because uh, I had seen some reports saying that uh, the Clippers may should try to move on from Kawhi. And and if these these reports popped up initially when Stephen A. Smith went on the air and was like, uh, the Clippers should move on from Kawhi if he doesn't play if they go on the win, but they end up losing, so he was just like, all right, they lost, so that means they need Kawhi to bring him back. Like, he came back and said it, so I want to give him his proper information. I don't want to misquote him. Nothing. He said if they went on and win, they should move on from Kawhi. But since they didn't, they lost to Phoenix. They were like, all right, cool. It's obviously need Kawhi bring him back. Boom. So. Me asking that it's gonna to go to this last. It's one quick question and we're done. And just to touch on the Kawhi point, like you said, the injury sucks. I will bring him back if I was Kawhi. It sucks that y'all. If it sucks that y'all lied about the information as far as uh, the knee putting out misinformation. That's that's something you shouldn't do with Kawhi out of all players because you see what it happened when he did it with the Spurs and Kawhi is one of those unpredictable players. He may opt out his contract in the middle of the night and sign another team in the middle of the night, and you you wouldn't know. By the time you know it, Woj already already treated it across the world, and you found out just like we found out. So <laughs> he's one of those players you just don't want to cross. Yeah, right. He's one of those players you just don't want to cross. So, um, but uh, I I would. My gut feeling tells me he's going to come back. He he Mainly because he went around the world, literally around in North America, to get to L.A. He wanted to get back to L.A. People thought it was going to be the Lakers. It ended up being the Clippers, but he got back to L.A. So he's back in L.A. And um, that's, that's, the, that's the good thing about the whole situation. And that's why I don't think he wants to uproot and go move to the team that people were saying that he may go to was the Miami. I don't think he wants to uproot from LA and go to the another coast in, a, in America after he finally got back where he want to be. Now that doesn't mean the Clippers right. can mismanage him and lie to him and not do him right. They have to do right by him. And from all the accounts they have, they like from all the things I heard, Clippers been like 
giving him VIP service. They be giving him the LeBron treatment to the max. So he, uh, we saw year one. We yeah, saw. he exactly. waited for whatever games he wanted. Exactly. So you can't even say that they they not doing everything they can possibly to keep him. So yeah. So last question, and we will jump into um the House of Hot Takes. Last question. We we ain't got to make this one long. Win or lose, win or lose, the Phoenix Suns win. If they win or lose the championship, should they give Chris Paul a max contract to return? Not for four years, but you can do a two year and pay him the most amount of money you can offer him with the player option at the end of it, or team option, depending on that. But at 36 years old, going on 37, you can't offer that type of money to that player. I mean, he's great. Got to the finals, helped lead us this, as I said. Pay him the most money possible for two years. So, so in your opinion, give him two in the player option, two in the team option, whichever one you can you can negotiate. Um, so if if the if the New York Knicks come knocking on his door, talking about we'll give you three, in your opinion, three in the option. Cause that's the most they can get from other team. He can't get a four year from another team. He only get a three from other team. If they come back and say we we'll give you a guaranteed three, you think the Phoenix should just be like, go take it? We're not maxing it. With the most we give you is a two in the option. No, you would still want to match it, but I think that that situation is tricky because Chris Paul can play the field how he wants to and kind of ease his way into making more money. But I do think title. Like competing for a title, if you go to the finals of the team, it's going to be, re- and you, if you win, it'll be even harder to leave. So if you lose and you want to run it back, it's, it's hard to leave. No matter what, it's going to be hard to leave. So if New York does offer him the amount of money that that type of bigger contract in the can offer, I think Chris Paul, as enticing as it would be, will still stay with Phoenix. I think that's going to be, and if anything, if he were to go to a big market team to play to end his career, I think the chances of him playing with LeBron are a little bit higher than him playing in New York City, personally. I can see that. I can see that. All right, cool. Now we're going to the house of hot takes. Let me turn that music on. DJ plop that beat. Here we go, Faye. So we're going to the house of hot takes. And, and this house of hot takes, last time I did it with you, it was me asking questions to you and you asking questions to me. Since then, Faye, you haven't been back on my show. I changed it up completely. I'm asking all the questions, and you are on the hot seat. The guests are on the hot seat, so you are getting the hot seat. So, are you ready? Let's get it. All right. First question in the House of Hot Takes. Nearly playing that music. Will Lonzo Ball going back to the Los Angeles Lakers be a good fit? Potentially. Uh... His three-point shot is much, much more improved. But he's a player that needs to ball in his hands a lot. And LeBron also needs to ball in his hands a lot to be maximum effective. I don't think A won't be a match made in heaven as a thing. So, for my quick hot take, no. Oh, no good fit. Okay. Second question. Are you going to watch Space Jam 2? My favorite players, of course. You got to, man. I'm watching too, man. It comes out this weekend. I can't wait, dog. Can't wait. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Third question. Is Giannis Antetokounmpo the best player in the NBA now? Ooh, good question. Good question. Uh, ask me in three more games. You said what? 
Ask me again in three more games. Ah, we sit right now. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I won't leave. I won't leave. No, he's not. He's not the best player. <laughs> he's not. Okay, okay. Fourth question: Are you worried about Team USA men's basketball team? Absolutely not. They they, they fine. They go get it together. Perfectly fine. My words, as much as I'm not a Kevin Durant fan, and any viewers who listen to Max podcast in the past, I have definitely explained why I'm not a fan of Kevin Durant. As a person, as a basketball player, I absolutely 100% love and respect his basketball. And anytime he's in the floor, it's just not worry about. He, and especially with all that time around him, even with Bradley Bill not playing, it might be Christian Wood that represent for your team. Um, even with Bradley Bill not playing, there's still so much talent there. Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, uh, Draymond Green. Last question, last and final question on the hot seat. Luka Doncic is now on the cover of 2K. Is he now a top five player in the NBA? Looking at five better, but he is on the brink of it, and I am not going to ever discredit Luka Doncic's basketball. So he's on the break of being top five, but he's not yet. So you think by the end of next season, midway through next season, he may be top five? We'll see how they play. I, the top five is so strong. It, it, it's an honor to even be right behind the top five. It's just until Durant, LeBron, Kawhi, and then Curry and Giannis start declining, it's going to be hard. But, hey, there are those, those, those three players in their 30s that his name. So the are going to start happening. So it'll be very soon, but probably next year. Cool, cool, cool. Well, that's the end of the House of Hot Takes. We'll cut that music, and we are off the hot seat. You, you all right? You feel good? Oh man, you, you could throw more, but we'll see that for next episode. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a lot coming, y'all. We got a lot coming. So that's gonna be the end for us on this episode, man. We we broke down the NBA Finals. We both sticking with the Bucks to go all the way and win it, man. After the finals are over, we're going to come back with another episode. And it's going to be one more episode to wrap up the NBA season. Then after that, me and Faye's got a big, big project coming for you all, man. A major project that we're working on really hard. Very excited for Oh, man. Oh, man. Very excited, dog. Very excited. And um, it's it's coming soon. So we want y'all to stay tuned. It's going to be about the um, upcoming NBA season. So it's like the, the, the grind don't stop. As soon as the season's over – we right back on the ground for the next season, so it doesn't stop. Working, working much harder on the next season. We'll be working. You can guarantee it. all the listeners out there. I guarantee you'll all be very excited for our big project. World. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, we got this last. We got this episode here. Then we got one more episode after um after the NBA Finals is over. One game is going to be a game. The next game is going to be game five in Phoenix, like we said, and that's going to be played Saturday, uh, July 17th. Next game after that is going to be played next Tuesday on July 20th. And a potential game seven, depending on how the series go, is going to be played on Thursday on the 22nd. FaZe has a very busy schedule, so we will try to fit uh, another episode after that 22nd day. And see how the, the draft too. The draft, is, the draft is coming up. Yeah, yeah, the draft is coming up too, and we still got to get us a mock draft, yeah. a mock draft, and or um, a mock draft episode in. So we got a lot. Oh man, we got a lot coming up. That's all I'm gonna say. So y'all, please stay tuned. Like I said, if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you listen on any podcast services, subscribe. 
put those turn those post um, post notifications on. And if you if you see any posts on Instagram or Twitter, like, follow, and share, man. Share to your friends, share to your mom, your mom, your dad, your bro, boyfriend, your girlfriend, your sister, your brother. Share to Granny. I keep telling y'all to share to Granny, man. And Granny's telling me I'm not sharing to them. They sending me letters by mail and telling me. My grandson did not tell me about the podcast this week, and I'm getting over it. So I'm letting y'all know you better tell Granny about the next ep- next episode and about everything me and Faze got coming up, man. So that's gonna be it for me, man. Faze, you got anything you want to say before we head out? Stay tuned. That's all I'm saying. Stay tuned.